You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Uh, this is our episode for the Star Wars Rebels episodes, Wolves and Adore and A World Between Worlds. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Yo, what's happening, Mike uh, and Star Wars Rebels fans? Wow. Yep. I'll tell you what. If, wow. <laughs> it's so funny about these episodes. Last week it... Uh, some powerful stuff and this week I, I even tweeted out like if you thought the last jedi was a little as far as uh, as far as like <laughs> force power and what they do yeah. with the force wait till you see these episodes yeah. and uh wow it, it, crazy we'll get into it in a second here uh we're gonna try to get you through this i hopefully uh i know you're sick and uh yeah but hey we're talking star wars so hopefully that uh you can make it through this in the next i'm gonna, next I'm gonna have so. to because i'm not gonna miss these last few episodes, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's for sure. not going to happen. But let's, uh, we got, we actually have some potentially big news. So let's talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Cool. All of us are strong this week. Now, here's the latest from a galaxy far, far away. Right away, sir. So, uh, I think one of the biggest things that came out in the last week uh, since we last talked, Mike, mm-hmm. is um, Disney has trademarked uh, some things, some some websites or some yep. domain names, and uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, we're looking at <clears throat> so as far yeah. as as far as what they trademarked, Star Wars Resistance. Yeah. So we kind of know what what's going on here. We saw The Force Awakens. It was called the Resistance. Um, a lot of people, including myself, are thinking this is going to be something after episode six, which I hope is going to be the case. But you never know. It's 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 still up in the air. But I don't know. It's kind of a uh, kind of obvious to me. Mikey, you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I I like many of the things that I will say on this episode. Um, I already called this. Um, this is this is pretty. I think this is pretty good evidence that what we're going to be seeing from Dave Filoni and the crew next is a Star Wars Rebels-like series that takes place between episodes 
six and seven. Um, I think that we may even be getting a look at a young Poe Dameron as well as some of the other characters that yeah. that were um, introduced in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Characters like Jess Pava and, uh, and maybe even, <clears throat> um, you know, Snaps. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, oh, what's the... Shoot, it's like on the tip of my tongue. The the A wing pilot that that's in the beginning of the Last Jedi, um, because she's oh, yeah. her databank entry. If I could remember the character's name, um, she's very like she's noted as being like a like a star fighter ace. Like she's mm-hmm. right. Like she's awesome. Uh, and it's like okay, well then, like let's see a little bit of that. So I I think that that. Uh, Tally, Tally Lintra is that character. There name. you go. So That's I could, and then and then there's also Paige and Rose, right? And there are a few other characters that that I think that you could absolutely build a series around. Um, particularly this idea of like this starfighter squadron, um, or or these kids sort of like trying to join the resistance uh, and and become part of this starfighter squadron. Um, mm-hmm. Because for those who don't know Poe Dameron's backstory, <clears throat> Poe was a New Republic starfighter pilot that Leia recruited into the Resistance. And so I think that there's a potential to do a really cool story where that happens um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or to to maybe show the next generation. The other place where it could go is actually between eight and nine, depending on what they're doing there. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Right, um, and I think that would be hard for, hard for them to have already started production on, considering the script for nine was just completed. Right, so right, unless they no, knew I, generally yeah. where they were going, but I think based on what Ryan Johnson has said over the last few months, I they have no idea what they're doing from one minute to the next. They're <laughs> yeah, right? making this up as they go. Um, yeah, which I love. Good. I think that's fantastic. Um, but they. Uh... And the thing here, also as far as the story is concerned, I mean, it's it's not just like the domain names. They got toys, they got clothing. It looks like what I'm reading here, books. So they're going all in, which makes me think that, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to get a animated series or actual television series that starts with that new streaming service. I, I think uh, either one of them is possible. Uh, but they're not they're, they're definitely going pretty big in this if they're doing all this stuff, you know I mean, it even says like Christmas ornaments. I mean just miscellaneous yeah. everything, you know, so yeah. This could be something pretty uh, pretty big and, the, and yeah the, the, the trademark filing is big enough that I think that this is another series I think that Star Wars resistance following in the footsteps of Star Wars rebels rebels yeah. it really yeah. points in that direction Um Oh man, you guys can probably hear me getting all stuffed up now. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think that just that similarity on its own should be enough to point towards what this is going to be. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's still up in the air. They've done crazier things. I, I this could actually just be some sort of like a multimedia event. Um, there's a comic already called Star Wars: Join the Resistance, which is like a kids sort of. Mm-hmm graphic novel sort of thing um which is very similar to the idea that i just sort of i just kind of proposed about these kids who who want to join 
the uh, the the resistance and and they're kind of like training to be pilots and that sort of thing. I haven't checked it out yet, but it's definitely uh, it, it was on my radar because it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I think it's definitely aimed at sort of like the 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 youth teenager audience, but uh, that's never stopped me before. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I yeah I I think. <clears throat> I think we're going to hear something sooner rather than later. Um, and when I say that, what I mean is probably really, really close after Han Solo, after Solo, mm-hmm. a Star Wars story. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking summer, too. Yeah. yeah, because Solo comes out in at the end of May. And mm-hmm. then let's actually take a quick look here at uh, San Diego Comic-Con 2018. When does it take place? It is July 19th to July 22nd. Um, uh-huh. That is a very good place for them to announce a new television series. Oh, um, yeah. We might get an announcement before that and then a panel at Comic-Con. Uh, mm-hmm. What is between then and then? Probably not a heck of a lot. Uh, no. Is there a D23 in 2018? No, the next one's 2019, no. right? 2019, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we just had the Japan one. Um, yeah. So, I mean, unless they do like a specific event to reveal star Wars resistance. Um, yeah. Who knows? Uh, the other thing is that there were a lot of things. I, I trademarked in the lead up to star Wars rebels being announced before it mm-hmm. was announced as star Wars rebels. Um, Oh man, I'm trying to remember what they were. You go back and listen to our first couple episodes and probably mm-hmm. actually no, because maybe we didn't do an episode until after it was officially announced. But but maybe the last few episodes of of Frontlines actually Frontlines. you might be able to yeah. I know that we did talk about it definitely on podcast, so probably around then. Mm-hmm. Um cause there was a lot of um Oh, there was something to do with wolves. Uh do you remember that? vaguely yeah star uh, wars wolf something uh yeah yeah i (coughs) sorry um yeah yeah so i mean like just because they've they've trademarked this doesn't mean that they are not uh looking at other stuff but yeah i mean if we go to star wars resistance.com I bet it just goes right back to StarWars.com, or it's just blank. There's just nothing there right now. Yeah, so they're still building it then. Yeah, huh. yeah. So, so, no, that's I. I'm excited about that. I mean, like like we said, we know maybe we see the the building obviously of the resistance, um, depending on the time frame, because you know you got what 30 years to play with there. So yeah, well, not 30, but roughly that, and and who we might see. I think you're dead on as far as seeing some of the. Uh, like the pose and that'd be cool. You know, it's, uh, you also have an opportunity to bring in, you know, Han, Luke and Leia and all that. I don't know that they yep. would do that. I mean, geez, Mark Hamill is spent most of his career as a voice actor. <laughs> there, so, there is absolutely you know I mean? no reason why they shouldn't have an animated series with Mark Hamill reprising the character of Luke Skywalker. I would just, yeah. I mean, honestly, he would i would just have him not in it all that much you know what i mean like right. if it's oh, the yeah. beginning of the resistance um 
it's very simple to just have him and Ben and the other Jedi go off. And then that only links into the story when it makes sense to link it into the story. Right. Um, and that this this story of this this resistance crew, Black Squadron or whoever it ends up being, is <clears throat> focused around them and focused around what they do. And and very similar to what happens in Freemaker Adventures where occasionally Lando pops in or occasionally right. Leia or right. Luke or whoever pops in. I think that's the way to do it. I think that's yeah, the way that's, to do it. Yeah, I think you're right. That's kind of like the formula, especially like Rebels here and, and, and with this resistance. Like you said, they might do the same thing where it's yeah. just it's a story about somebody else, but they can always sprinkle in our favorite characters here yeah. and there um, just to, you know, make all the Star Wars fans like, oh, this is, you know, yeah, fantastic. And, and honestly, I mean, like I would just yeah. get Mark Hamill to voice Han Solo as well because <laughs> oh, I was right. He does an Doesn't impeccable do Harrison Solo? Ford. He does yeah, such sure. a good Harrison Ford. And if yeah. you like. I w- that's what I would do. I mean, like it, it, it just seems like a no brainer. It's like you get two for one with Mark yeah. Hamill there. And then you get <laughs> to have the great scenes of him just talking to himself. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine nice. how great that would be, but yeah, I don't know. No, who it's, knows, it's, it's good stuff, to? man. It's I'm excited about that, man. Hearing the, hearing the name. And, and like you said, I think we're, yep. I think sometime <clears throat> maybe this summer we'll get, especially like you said, uh, comic-con yeah perfect time so because there's nothing else going on as far as star wars wise so yeah so uh, you're like depending on when the show is gonna launch right but right right i don't know we'll see right yeah other than that um i mean we've i guess we found out han solo is gonna take place roughly 11 years before uh a new hope oh did um, we find that out okay yeah some came out about that it was the book actually uh the the novelization kind of pinpointed they put a chart out there so So. it starts it at least starts because uh, i think one of the things that we never talked about when we did our han solo breakdown was i keep calling it han solo the movie's just called solo mike you're such an idiot (laughs) i (laughs) smack myself in the face idiot stupid (laughs) i i the thing we didn't talk about is the fact that that it very clearly takes place in two time periods um i think so yeah because yeah uh, Kira, uh, she has two distinct hairstyles and sort of two mm-hmm. distinct attitudes. So in the scenes right. where she's in the car with Han and they're escaping from something on, and, and we've been told already that that's on Corellia, um, mm-hmm. she's got that sort of short, close cropped Bob haircut. And, right. uh, and, and then later she's got the much longer sort of updo and the braids and stuff like that. So, and she seems to be rich later in the story and sort of like on Han's level earlier in the story. So I think it's pretty obvious that there's going to be a time gap in there. So I wouldn't be surprised if it starts when he's around 18 or 19. That's the beginning of the story. And then we make a jump, like a five-year mm-hmm. jump to him or maybe even as much as, as little as like three or four years, right? But um, yeah, I, I think that that'll that'll definitely be the case, and that it's going to leave a gap in there that maybe some of the novels and whatnot will fill in. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but that makes sense to me. I mean, that's what I've been saying. A lot of his attitude strikes me as him being the same age as that Luke was when mm-hmm. Luke's story really started. Right. So. Right. right. So yeah, I, I that's I that 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 tracks for me. That's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. They kind of they kind of lined up the. I think it was. A, Somewhere they had a, a diagram of the books that were coming out, like his his one of these Han Solo books is coming out, and then it's uh, you know the Han Solo story, and then um, further on it's Rogue One, and then A New Hope. So, kind of got an idea of what we're looking at. So yeah, cool. I uh, agree with you too about that 
multiple time frames. It definitely looks like two separate looks and almost like they tried to make her look a little younger in yeah. that one scene, like you said. So, yeah, definitely. The and so, be, be prepared yeah. for them to set up enough time in the mm-hmm. timeline to do more than one of these movies. <laughs> right. Because yeah, they no, did no. not... Yeah. They did not cast Alden Ehrenreich uh, on the, uh, you know, like who's like on the the verge of becoming a superstar. Um, just going like, ah, whatever, we'll just put him in one movie. And you don't, you like, I'm sure that Donald Glover and all of them are probably yeah. contracted for three or four of these. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be I surprised heard. if I we heard. if this one does well that we end up with three of them. Yeah, I heard. I don't know if it's true, but there, I heard some scuttlebutt about. Aldenreich being signed to potentially do three movies. And I think, like you said, it kind of based on how this one does, they can, they have the yeah. option to keep them for a couple more. So, yeah. Um, other than that, anything else you want to hit before we hit the recap? No, honestly, I mean, like this week's been all rebels all the time. So there's nothing else really to talk about. Let's get into Let's these two it. episodes. Yeah. All right. We can do this together. Let's go, rebels. Full-scale bombardment of the city. Hang on! Is the bridge mine at last? I know what we have to do now. One last lesson. All right, here we go. Starting off with uh, wolves and a door. Um, I gotta make sure I got that right. Yeah, wolves and a door. So Ezra, we start off. Ezra and the ghost crew discuss <laughs> the stone from the Jedi Temple. Sabine thinks that she can make more sense of it uh, if she sees the temple up close, but it's far north and they have no ship. The Padawan reaches out to the Loth wolves, and the creatures come to transport the rebels. So this beginning, this entry, this opening. Yeah. Um, first of all, we get Ezra. He's able to call on the Loth wolves now. We haven't seen that yet. So that was cool, him using the force to be able to call to them uh, to get them uh, to, to come meet them. Um, so that was kind of cool. And I also have to mention, too, at the end of, uh, I think it's the Shroud of Darkness, I was doing a little research, Vader notes that um, Sidious was very pleased that the Inquisitors had found the, the Jedi Temple. So we know why yeah. somewhat that... that you know that Palpatine wants this so bad. Yeah. But anyway, but anyway, um, other than that, though, as far as this beginning, um, just this entry about these these wolves, they, they start running, Mike, and then all yeah. of a sudden they kind of disappear, and then they go into this <clears throat> hyperspace thing. Is that what you kind of thought it was? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, okay. the the wolves have the ability to, uh, just like the Purgles. Um, travel through hyperspace somehow. Now the Purgles are, were doing it through some natural means that they were just mm-hmm. able to to travel through hyperspace, right? But with right. the wolves, it's more connected to the Force, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. Yeah. So and, and then uh, so we get to that, and then let's just jump right to this first part where it's on the journey. The team hears voices, but they can't explain why. Finally, the Loth wolves take them close, but the rebels will have to walk the rest away. So, as they're going through this, um, this is the first uh, of these two episodes where we start to hear these voices, these callbacks. Um, Ezra, Sabine, and Zeb—they hear. Uh, it kind of starts with 
like flashbacks of previous seasons, mm-hmm. uh, the show moments from the interactions between Ezra and the ghost crew and all that. Uh, they show moments where Kanan embraces his Jedi training and begins passing it to Ezra. Um, just kind of like some fundamental moments from the series. Yeah. Uh, you're kind of seeing through this thing, especially for, especially for Kanan and, uh, and Ezra's yeah. relationship. Yeah. How co- close kind of reminds us of how close they are and, close-knit family so i thought it was kind of a cool uh entry and it gets even crazier later on but yeah just the voices and hearing that um was pretty cool did you pick up anything from that as far as anything else besides just that their relationship through that through those voices mike anything else that you got from that um just kind of that kanan was preparing ezra for this for a for the moment when he wouldn't be around anymore and um, there was definitely something that I've talked about before, which is that since season one, since the end of season one and that that final confrontation with the Inquisitor, with the Grand Inquisitor, that Kanan was prepared to die, that mm-hmm. he was ready to sacrifice himself right then and there um, when he thought that Ezra had died. And we right. get that great quote of <clears throat> of him saying, you know, it's not. He's dangerous, not because. Oh, what does he say? Mm. Um, not because he's no longer afraid, but because he no longer has anything left to lose, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. And right. and it's like that's like that was sort of Kanan's biggest um, hang up as a character, the Caleb Doom character. I was that you know he watched. Uh, Dapo Balaba get killed right in front of him by the clone troopers mm-hmm. and uh, and was running ever since and sort of like going from person to person and every time he got close to somebody they something bad would happen to them and and so that was right. always kind of his fear right um, until he met Hera and then he became part of this family um, mm-hmm. and slowly it grew but with Ezra there was that there was that trepidation that like well teaching a Jedi like this is going to put a target on our back sort of thing. Right. And there's a, one of the other things that the, one of the other quotes that you hear from Kanan in that, in that moment is, um, uh, Oh, what man, what does he say? The, I'm blaming the cold on my fogginess because it's like in, <laughs> it's like in my head and I can like hear it, but I can't articulate it. Um, right. that moment, the moment when he, when he reveals that he's a Jedi in the first episode, right? Oh, At the yeah, beginning of the yeah. series. Um, oh, I can't remember what he says, but it's in there. It's a, it's one of the things that's in that, in that moment. Um, right, right. Yeah, I mean, like, there's just so many really great things, and it really just kind of gives this this arc of Kanan's character as well as, you know, some moments from from uh, Ezra and, and Ahsoka as well, I think. Um, yeah, definitely. And it's just this great journey that we've been on. And like I keep saying, it's, it's incredible that it's only been four years because right? there's yeah. so much storytelling in here. It feels like it's been a, a lot longer. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's only been four years. I mean, that's, you know what it is. It's that it's three star Wars movies with a fourth <laughs> coming very quickly, an entire yeah. animated series. Um, and and all of the other multimedia as well, the video games and the comic books and the novels and everything, right? I mean, like it is, because <clears throat> we've also got um, Forces of Destiny and we've also got uh, Star Wars blips and Freemaker Adventures. We have two Freemaker, seasons yeah. of like, yeah. there has been so much content in the last 
few years. It's it's right. really quite astounding um, mm-hmm. how much we've gotten. And what is even more astounding is how ungrateful people are for all of that. <laughs> it just yeah. it blows my mind. Like Star Wars Rebels is look, it's different from the original trilogy. It's different from even the prequel trilogy. And, and it really takes a lot of the crazier aspects of the clone wars when it comes to the force and it expands on those. Um, but I think for good reason. Um, but it is, you can't deny that it's not great storytelling. I mean like, yeah, there's some stinker episodes in there, but it's, it's a series with, I don't know however many episodes it has. I don't think, did we ever reach a hundred episodes with star Wars rebels? I don't think that we do. No, Uh, we never quite get there. Right. But yeah, it's close, but not nearly a hundred episodes. There's going to be a couple in there. Um, like, I like what's that one with the, with the, with the droids. We haven't seen AP five in forever, by the way. No, Um, because he didn't come with them to Lothal. So we haven't seen him at all this season. I don't think, um, which is interesting because they had kind of set him up to be the C-3PO to Chopper's R2. But I, uh, yeah, that episode where the, where the, the, the assassin droid thing lands on Chopper mm-hmm. base. And it's like, that was not a great episode. Uh, it's, it's not very good at all. There's a, there's a couple episodes in season one that are like, well, I don't understand why we're here, why we're mm-hmm. doing this. Right. But Overall, the series is fantastic. And then on top of that, we've got three movies, which are all great movies. I don't like Rogue One. It's still a great movie. It's like it's yeah. better than the majority of movies that come out in a year, in a calendar year. That's you know what, what I mean? Saying, yeah. Like just because I'm critical of it doesn't mean that it's not a really no. great yeah. story. Um, there's just some really clunky parts in it, in my opinion, from my point of view. So the this, uh, this attitude that... Um, Star Wars is lesser because of all of the the material that's being put out. I think it's just such a straw man argument. It's just so false. It just it's such a such a hollow argument to me because I what I say to people when they when they make comments like that is like why? Why is it not as good as the original trilogy? And then they start telling me subjective things about characters that they have emotional attachments to and mm-hmm. why they disagree with decisions that were made. It's like, well, uh, that's not, that has nothing to do with how well the story is told. That has to do with whether or not you agree with the decisions that were made. And that to me is such a nonsense thing to be upset about. What do I say at the end of every season when it's like, well, when that question comes around, what do you want to see next season? Mm -hmm. Every single time since like season three of clone wars surprise me. I want to see something new. I want to go in a different direction. I want to be surprised. Guess what? After oh yeah, <laughs> almost four seasons, after hours and hours of you and I speculating on how Ahsoka could still be alive, yeah, they surprised me. They surprised right, me I'm with surprised, this episode yeah. in so I'm many ways. Surprised. Last yeah. week, we straight up predicted the connection between the stone the the hand gestures and and that mural that was on the temple right like we straight up broke it down and talked about it and that's exactly what happened now that's because dave filoni is a great storyteller and he set all those pieces up it's not because i'm super smart or you're super smart right maybe we are i don't know maybe we're not (laughs) i i can't call it i can't just call i almost called it han solo again i 
I'm I'm dumb. I'm clearly dumb. <laughs> I, I'm podcasting with a cold. It's terrible. I probably sound horrible <laughs> for the listeners. I'm not a smart guy, but I am. But I do know Star Wars. I think like that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, that that's that that should be on my uh, on my tombstone. <laughs> I do know he, Star Wars. He wasn't a smart guy, but he did know Star Wars. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, no yeah. I. The, the the puzzle pieces were laid out, and even more than that, the puzzle pieces for this entire two-parter were laid out throughout the entire yeah. season. And I think oh, that man. you and I had picked up a few pieces, and probably if you put that together with some of the other podcasts out there, like Rebel Force Radio and um, and mm-hmm. I, I, uh, uh, Rebel Chats and I, and Rebel Yell and all, like everybody else, everybody else kind of out there doing their thing. If you put it all together, I bet you that we all like predicted this entire like this what happened here right yeah but i still think no matter what nobody could have possibly predicted how ahsoka survived Mm -hmm. and that oh no way she was just put right back then and there as well like it's yeah um i understand that some people are going to be upset by this episode because this will fundamentally change star wars um and allow some things to happen within Star Wars storytelling that couldn't have happened before. But no more than in the Joiner trilogy, Jason Solo using the Force to leave a Force-imprinted message for Prince... Oh, is it for Leia? I think it's for Leia mm-hmm. when she gets there and then like she sees this message and he's... But he's simultaneously predicting the future and also like like talking to nobody in that moment. Like, like there are things in the Star Wars expanded universe, in the Legends expanded universe, that are exactly as story breaking as this. And I mean, like, mm-hmm. Pablo Hidalgo posted a thing a while ago of of <clears throat> Luke force projecting himself in the Dark Empire comics in the exact same way that he does in the last Jedi. Last the Jedi, consequences yeah. aren't the same, but he it's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean it, it like nobody got mad at it then because it was a comic, but for some reason when it's a TV show or a movie, people lose their goddamn minds about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand think, it. It's like yeah. open up your brain and let this new information in because it enriches Star Wars. It doesn't take anything away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I'm one of those that came at, especially out of the second episode going, man, I was, I was, I, I was at that point again, kind of with the last Jedi going, man, I don't know what, what to think of this, man. Cause, but then I'll explain it later, but it, it kind of wraps itself up, you know, it opens up these huge questions and all of a sudden it answers them right away and it closes them down. So, uh, but yeah, well, well, we'll get there anyway. Um, they, so they pass through the uh, yeah. this portal. They they arrive um, close to the temple, but and even Sabine, I have to mention too. Even Sabine mentions about something about hearing the voices. So yeah. uh, now, do, like, oh, okay, so here's here. the question: Do you think yeah. that everybody heard the same voices, or do you think that we only heard? Because my perspective mm. is that we only heard Ezra's Ezra, right? I can see voices, yeah. right? The like yeah. the voices that he heard. I imagine that all four of them experience different things in the tunnel could be because she doesn't mention anything she just mentions yeah. voices so, like a, a yeah. similar similar i like i'm thinking back to like the cave on dagobah i'm thinking about mm-hmm. um the 
the uh, the crystal caves on Ilum in in the Clone Wars with the with the younglings. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes into the caves, but they all experience something different. Um, uh, Ezra's own experience inside the Jedi, Jedi Temple and Ray's experience underneath the uh, the uh, underneath Octo, the island on Octo, right? Mm-hmm. I. <coughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, it's uh, that leads me to believe that that yeah, I everybody's experience was a little bit different because bit, they just yeah, say the voices, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. I didn't even think about that, but that's a good. Because I would imagine um, that Zeb's would be much more connected to his story, his home world, yeah, or his story. Yeah. Him, I, I feeling like he needs to protect his family uh, because I, uh, you know, of everything. That happened on on um, on Lasan and yeah. and then finding new Lasan and and all of that like 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 again so much storytelling like it boggles the mind because we haven't dealt with those ideas of of uh, Zeb Lasan the Lasat any of that stuff since that story in season two right i uh, mm-hmm. and the last time it came up was was in the episode where where i uh, uh zeb and and um callus were were trapped right mm-hmm. that's the last time that we've talked about it which yeah. again end of season two i uh, it's just so incredible to me uh, that 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 we've got so much storytelling in such a short amount of time that each one of these characters went on their own separate journey and and realized their own separate things. It's just I, it's so amazing. I think they've just done such <laughs> right. a great job with yeah. this. I'm so excited about whatever's coming next. And and obviously Monday is gonna just Monday, yeah. be killer. Oh, man. But yeah, it's crazy. Um, Ezra and Sabine T- Tuesday for me probably because yeah. I have to. <laughs> it's wait. right here behind. Oh no! I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna be straight up honest. And if somebody has a problem with it at like Lucasfilm or Disney or, or Disney XD or whatever, like you can, yeah. we can have a chat about it because I don't want to get spoiled on this stuff. Oh, it's. But yeah, I have to wait tough. for other people to rip the episodes, upload them yeah. online, so that I can view them because. Yeah. For some reason, Disney XD in Canada is a full week behind. Mm. It's just it's 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 That's ridiculous, uh, yeah. outrageous, unthinkable, as uh, yeah. as Co Bibble would say, right? I mean, like yeah. it's a like it, it's 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 complete and utter madness. Uh, no, that I'd be doing the same thing. Something this important to Star Wars fans that that Canadian Star Wars fans get. And not just Canadian Star Wars fans, because I'm sure that other regions are probably hurting in the same way. Um, <clears throat> I just feel like it's terrible the way that they deal with it. I really hope that the streaming service clears this sort of thing up. The streaming yeah. service better be international. It better be day and date. It better be. It yeah. has to be. I mean, yeah. There's no reason that it wouldn't be, because the problem here is that Disney XD in Canada is owned by a different company than Disney XD in the United States. Same with all of the Disney XD affiliates across the world, right? They mm-hmm. they're often owned by local um, entertainment companies. So I think that I think that Disney XD is owned by Chorus Entertainment. I could be wrong. I just can't. I mean, that's hard to stay spoiler free, especially with like TV stuff. They tend to. Oh, it's. Tend I have to, to until I get to see it. I have to stay off yeah. Twitter. Like the last yeah. two weeks from Monday night until I got to see them sometime on Tuesday, no Twitter. 
No, like yeah. very, like I popped on a couple of times to maybe like post something, um, <coughs> just so that, <coughs> yeah, you know, there was something on the, on the, the Facebook or the Twitter, but like, I was very careful not to go too deep because I know that especially on Twitter, like the, the spoilers just fly, but, yeah. but it's, it, it is crazy to me that I, yeah, that, that <laughs> you gotta be super careful. Yeah. Yeah. Especially this next week, I tell you, um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, Ezra and Sabine, they reach the, they actually reach the location. Uh, they find the Empire there. They're looking for something. Uh, but there's no sign of the temple. So the crew arrives. Uh, and again, this starting this ex- excavation thing, which is – this is where we get into um, this Indiana Jones vibe. And I yeah. – this is the first thing I thought of when I watched it. And apparently a lot of other people have gotten the same uh, vibe from this particular episode is um, not just – the look, but also obviously the musical score takes a huge inspiration from uh, Red of the Lost Ark and all that stuff. And, yeah. you know, so all the way through just that, that cool vibe. And of course, Raiders and, and Indiana Jones, probably my second favorite uh, franchise. You know, so I, I was all over it. I would actually say more than Raiders. I feel like the musical cues from this feel like Temple of Doom, but Okay. It's yeah. a very fine distinction, right? But Temple of Doom has a lot more of that sort of eerie. And eerie, I think yeah, I right. think the reason for that is because of the connection to the Emperor, right? So when we yeah. talk about it in a second with Ver- Varus Hayden, um, and man, expert casting with Malcolm McDowell. Oh, because man. Is if that great or what? Like yeah. Malcolm McDowell to me is like the midway point between Palpatine and Tarkin. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like this character sort of like hits both of those notes simultaneously. So he's sort of perfect to voice this character. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, like of, of, of all of the characters sort of like incidental Imperial characters that have been introduced by, by star Wars rebels, this might actually be my favorite because yeah. he yeah, just like, sure. when I say incidental, I mean, characters that are not that important to the story. They're there for whatever plot point. Um, mm-hmm. No, I'm not talking about like Callus or or Governor Price or anything like that. Like I'm just like a character who's like in one or two episodes and then gone. Yeah, Hayden is is he puts a voice to so many characters. Um, and in the trivia, it, it it's uh, on the website. It, it reveals that he was originally going to be um, Vader's like his like lackey from Rogue One, but that they yeah, decided to yeah. change the character. Um, into his own character which is fine by me but like those the the creepy dudes in in uh return of the jedi uh all of that like it's all so connected um this he is one of those guys he is like one of those dark side occultist dudes who just kind of like waits on the emperor hand and foot because he's a yeah he's a devotee of the of the dark side yeah i like the 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 back and forth between him and sabine is so good oh yeah sorry go ahead continue yeah, so um, as far as far as this temple thing too, Ezra he thinks and he says this in the episode he thinks that the temple has sealed itself off. So yeah. obviously, with the arrival of the Empire and this dark side, maybe somehow the the temple, um, like Ezra thinks, sealed itself off. So uh, with the biker scout armor as disguised, Ezra and Sabine get close. Then we get the introduction of Varys Hayden, the emperor, the imperial overseer of the excavation arrives. He stops Ezra and Sabine from touching any artifact, lest they erase any evidence to understanding the gateway. So, again, you mentioned Malcolm Dell, just 
I, I was the same way. I was like, oh, fantastic. Instantly yeah. recognizable. Oh, 100%. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Malcolm McDowell, baby. <laughs> Love yeah, it. instantly. Uh, just perfect. Uh, the way he's – just the way he approaches this. Um, yeah. He's just like, man, fantastic. Uh, Ezra uses the force to uh, – does a little force persuasion on a death trooper. We, we yeah. see that. Um, so, yeah, just some, some cool stuff here. But then we get to some uh, – I guess uh, some really fun stuff here. The Emperor contacts uh, Haydn, and he has found markings similar to those in the Jedi archives, the Mortis gods, and believes they are key to entering the temple. Uh, and uh, Palpatine, and actually, you know what? Let's just uh, take a quick listen to this clip here, and, and uh, we'll hear from Palpatine himself. Check this we out. We have reached the roots of the temple and found some fascinating work. Symbols and iconography are reminiscent of a report I discovered in the Jedi archives. The Mortis gods. Yes, they are key to unlocking the temple. I am sure of it. There has been a great disturbance in the Force. The death of Kanan Jarrus has altered the fate of Lothal, though how, I cannot say. Perhaps access to the temple will provide some clarity, my lord. We must seize the power within, a conduit between the living and the dead. Proceed, Minister Hydem. Hera, did you hear? What should we do? I don't like it. With the Emperor involved, it's too dangerous. We should fall back. No. Because of the Emperor, we have to get involved. We can't let him enter the temple. And they'll crack the code. It's only a matter of time. So, Mike, I, I wanted to, to to play this because here's the thing with, with the Emperor. Here's what he's saying. First of all, Ian McDermott's back. We all know that. You know, Of course, it's fantastic to get him back to do that. That goes without saying. Uh, but anyway, here's the thing. Sidious knows of the Mortis gods. So he knows the story. He knows the... the um, I guess the, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? He knows about him, basically. Yeah. Um, but but he says here, he says, quote, a great disturbance in the force um, by Canaan. So this is, he is acknowledging that Canaan um, was... Uh, important. He's pretty powerful. He's pretty yeah. important, right? I mean, he altered the fate of Lothal. That's what he's talking about as far as Kanan here. So I'm like, wow. I mean, that really puts an emphasis on Kanan and what he did and how he's connected to Lothal. So I thought that was pretty crazy. And, and he also says a conduit between uh, the living and the dead. So a little little actually clue there of what's, what's coming up. But I just thought it was kind of fascinating that one, he knows about the Mortis stuff and two, about how important Kanan really was, Mike. Is that what you kind of got from that from that clip? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I, I, <clears throat> it sort of legitimizes it, right? I mean, to have yeah. the name Kanan Jarrus come out of the mouth of the emperor, um, and and you know, obviously Palpatine knew of this person because he sent mm -hmm. not only the Inquisitors but then eventually Vader himself and Tarkin, yeah, to deal with it, but um. <clears throat> This idea that Kanan's actions have actually like altered the fate of the planet, um, and obviously of this gateway, mm -hmm. 
I think that's super important. I think that that's yeah, it's legitimizing for for that character. For sure. His sacrifice Definitely. isn't in vain, um, but I don't think that it was. I, I never thought that it was. Anyways, I mean, it, it's it's great to have that moment, but <coughs> sorry, there was there was definitely that understanding for me from. I think probably at, at a certain point last season, when Kanan sort of started to realize his role in all of this, you know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's fascinating. I love this. I love that section. I want to highlight that as well. Um, so in the midst of all this, uh, Hera, she's she's with Zeb. You know, they're kind of doing their thing, uh, waiting for the the time that they they're needed. Uh, and Hera remembers why they came, um, and we all we see this ghost somewhat of Kanan and he's resting a hand on her shoulder and she kind of she kind of puts her hand on it as well as she's she's talking about why they came uh to help so um really cool moment to see Kanan again even though it's just a ghost she kind of she kind of feels him um I don't think through the force or anything it's just her way of uh kind of remembering him so it's kind of cool to see him uh portrayed there in kind of like a ghost form in his old self too with the long hair and the beard and all that so actually i mean the really interesting thing about that moment is that kanan he's wearing his season three outfit oh right yeah but he's actually yeah. got the season one hair and hair. and goatee yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i didn't even I didn't so he never that. officially that's appeared like that before but right, that's how right. he appears in that moment so yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, Ezra and Sabine they approach the painting of the Mortis gods. Ezra recognizes the bird in the illustration as well as the Lothwolf. So again, he's no, he doesn't know about the father and the son and the daughter, but he does recognize yeah. the uh, the Condor. <clears throat> um, and inspecting the stone gifted them by the Lothwolves, they realize that the figure's hands are the key to entering. And now we this is what you were talking about earlier, Mike. We yeah. talked about this painting <clears throat> last episode, like. Obviously, it's the hands and, and it's probably the father and son. And, and we actually see um, once the floodlights illuminate uh, the mortise art, that's uh, when I noticed the hands. Is You know, I said, oh, of course, there's the hands. And they're all pointing. And, you know, one was a fist and one was open and one was pointing. So yeah. uh, Ezra notices the, uh, like I said, the convoy and the lawful, like I said, but he doesn't notice the father and son and everything. So um, from there... Uh, we get we get the empire. Well, actually, Sabine she provides a distraction. Ezra acts, activates the painting. The figures move, and the Loth wolves form a circle and a door. And Ezra finds that he can reach through the wall, but is soon discovered by uh, Haydn, and Sabine is captured. And this episode ends with the uh, the empire. They're closing in. Ezra leaps through. <laughs> the stormtroopers try to follow, but they crash into the rock, and it kind of fades into uh, the next episode. But uh, there was, and we got to mention too the t- the 2D art that was displayed on this episode, as far as the mortise and the that yeah. was pretty cool. Mike, what do you think? I loved it. The, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> it was such a cool moment, and uh, the yeah. wolves spinning in the circle, sort of thing, like spinning, running in yeah. a circle the, as they the gave father. Away. Yeah, the father points like he kind of points over like that way, you know, mm. like go over there, almost you know, and the wolves they animate. Um, yeah. Just it, like I said, big Indiana Jones, big Indiana Jones references yeah. in this, and, and again, it, right it there, really, like, yeah, it really points out that that along with you know um, the Night Sisters, 
and Mortis and everything that like the force is so much bigger than the original trilogy makes it out yeah. to be. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And that's why when, when Ray says in the last Jedi, um, it's a, it, it's an all powerful force that allows you to, to what is, what does she say? She says like read minds and move rocks and stuff or whatever. Yeah. And Luke yeah. is like amazing. Every single word of what you just said is incorrect. <laughs> and it's like, that's, yeah. that to me is like, that moment is Luke Skywalker as, you know, like star Wars saying to the fans, like, if you think that the force is just lightsabers and levitating rocks and jumping and, and, mind tricks and stuff that is these are like the corporeal like mortal um implementations of the force the force is everything the force is is the that that connection between all living things it's the energy field and it yeah connects and binds and and you know like it's 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 both inside you and all around you you know what i mean like it it is it's the fabric of of the universe and the idea that you would limit this is like this is to me and i mean this might be a little bit controversial to some listeners but just go with me on this one and maybe learn something from it um when bible literalists try and argue um you know that the earth is five or five to six thousand years old that dinosaurs didn't exist and uh you know like sort of sort of these really weird um notions that science is actually a big lie and um and the way that things are written in the bible written by people two thousand over two thousand to ten thousand years ago um and and to be honest the majority of that passed down through oral tradition um, over millennia, um, that that is meant to be taken literally and accurately, and it's it's just you you take a god, the god in that in that uh, <coughs> uh, analogy, um, not to reduce Christianity or you know I, I the god of Christianity, Judaism, and and Islam into into a, an analogy, but just to say. That that the belief that that God, which is to like full disclosure, my my God, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my belief system as well. That that God is so limited that it is only capable of what is written in these books that were written. Yes. <clears throat> by God, but through the man the hands of men, mortal men who are indeed fallible. So although the word of God would be infallible, the only instance we even have of that in the Bible of it being the direct word of God transcribed is, is the, the 10 commandments. That's it. Mm -hmm. Any, Mm -hmm. any other time it is absolutely interpretation from human beings and and even that depiction that account is an interpretation from a human being and like i said from oral tradition so a a lot of people i don't i wouldn't say the majority but certainly a large number of people of christians especially in the united states 
they choose to only believe what has been presented to them and they don't have room for anything else you know and Mm -hmm. and to me to limit god in that way is sacrilegious and insulting and and if god wants to be offended by anything although he an all-powerful deity really doesn't care what an ant thinks but right um but also does i i i should say doesn't have to care what an ant thinks but chooses to i what like like why would you limit that why would like a, a a being that can create a universe would be uh, limited to a human understanding of that universe at that time, 2000 years ago, that is, that's preposterous to me. And it's, and it's insulting to, um, to, to my God, as well as my understanding of the universe. Um, Mm. and the force falls under the same thing. I mean, like to, to limit the force to, mind tricks and moving rocks is it just baffles the mind it's like that is not what yoda talked about that is not what obi-wan talked about that is not even what palpatine talked about i mean he talked about the ability to create life from nothing through midichlorians right i mean like yeah yeah the the (sighs) The force is so much bigger and this story lends itself to that and and the next episode especially it just gets into yeah. oh, everything. Geez. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, the way that Disney's handling it now the force is a, a lot bigger than yeah. what we are so used to in the past. And even George Lucas, he was one he kind of started it with the Mortis stuff. That yeah, was, this is all kind of like, forget. This what, is him. Yeah, it's in the Rebels Recon. What Dave Filoni says about continuing George's legacy. And like, these were characters that George created these, the Mortis gods. And Mm -hmm. that story is a story that, that George created where these gods tested Anakin Skywalker, the chosen one, these force wielders. Um, that is straight from the man himself. And if you don't think that the, the force abilities used in, um, in the last Jedi, as well as stuff that we've seen in star Wars rebels is not a direct influence of that exact storytelling, whether it be that or, or the night sisters in the clone wars, which everybody loved by the way, like, let me just be super clear on that. Nobody lost their, their minds when the night sisters were introduced. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and Asajj Ventress was connected to that story. And they brought back Darth. I mean, people lost their minds when they brought back Darth Maul, but that's sort of a different thing. But the ideas behind that, we were all okay with. Everybody was fine with it. Nobody was like, oh, that's a bridge too far. But how is the, the, that green energy from the force being imbued into Savage Opress and turning him into a giant monster? How is that any different from what Palpatine does in this episode or the idea that there's uh, like this sort of convergence point in the universe where the Jedi, Oh, not the Jedi, but like force users, force wielders 
can tap into all manners of like all all moments in time and space. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> none of it's any different. None of it is any different. And they can, like that idea connects directly to Snoke connecting Ray and and Kylo across the galaxy. You know, like I in my opinion, he is literally using that convergence, that that nexus. He, that is what he's tapping into. Now, does he understand that that's what he's doing? Does he understand the temple on Lothal and blah, 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 and everything that Palpatine was trying to do? Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't matter. But the same power that gives Ezra the ability to pull Ahsoka out of time, <coughs> sorry, right. saving her from Vader in the Sith temple and then placing her back there. It's the same, it's the same aspect of the force that allows Luke Skywalker to project himself across the galaxy in front of her. Like it's, it is, it's all the same. It's all the same force. It's not Mm -hmm. new. None of this is news. It shouldn't be news. And I know that there are people online that are, that are up in arms about this storytelling and those people need to sit back down and shut up because you're either a star (laughs) Wars fan or you're not. Yeah. This is the ride. Like you bought the ticket, you got on the ride. You have a choice. You either stay on the ride and have fun with the rest of us or you get off the ride and stop complaining because nobody on the ride cares how you feel. All you're yeah. doing is upsetting other people. Like that's that the if you don't like where Star Wars has gone, that's fine. Take your VHS copies of star wars before the special edition and go into your basement and just watch those on repeat no one's taken those away from you in fact with the with the fox purchase you might be getting them back so like just relax (laughs) for five minutes those stories still exist and if you want to limit yourself to those stories that is entirely up to you you're a fool and i don't like you if that's what you want to do, <laughs> we can't be friends because can't be friends. what we're about to talk about with Ahsoka and all of that, yeah. like this is what I am here for. And I think Matt, you agree with me, right? Like this is why we show up week in and week out for star Wars rebels and even the Freemaker adventures. And obviously for the movies and everything else that we consume, this is why we're here. If it just kept retelling the same story over and over and over again, we'd be bored out of our minds. Yeah. Well, you said, you know, this is definitely, uh, we wanted something different and we're definitely getting that. Um, it doesn't mean I'm not going to question some of it because it, it brings up crazy questions like what yeah. the heck is going on? But that's why we're here to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I said I wasn't going to talk right. too much, but I'm getting fired up. I'm fired up. <laughs> He's getting fired up. Hey, but here, here, here we go. Let's get into this. Yeah. Ezra, so he crosses through the temple, um, the temple or the uh, <laughs> portal shuts, and he finds himself in this world of stars with these paths in every direction. Um, meanwhile, we get to Varys. Hayden, he's interrogating Sabine Wren for answers regarding the portal, which he calls, which is crazy. He calls us a pathway between all time and space. He can, who controls it, controls uh, the universe. So this guy is pretty versed in in what this portal is yeah. doing or what it can do. But here we get to the main, here's the meat right here. As Ezra walks, he hears voices, Yoda, Obi-Wan, and others that may, he might not know. But he soon discovers that the convoy yeah. is seen in the past. It's perched above a door. Um, and 
of some sort and he seems to activate it but check out where before he gets there this is him going uh, and ending up in this world between worlds check it out truly what is this place conjured through its deal not this true factor yourself to let go you fear what you need you already have it's unfortunate me see you're letting it all go i won't let him lose his way not like i do crazy mike he's going through this world and throughout these, uh-huh. this portion multiple quotes throughout the history of star wars can be heard <clears throat> including stuff that chronologically hasn't, hasn't happened yet inspired yeah. exactly <laughs> snippets from rebels i mean other star wars films i mean you can go through the list i won't go through the list but i mean the, you're talking the, yoda go ahead you're gonna say? the one thing that i really wish was in this was something mm-hmm. from the last jedi i really uh-huh. really wish that they had managed to get uh, a, a clip in there from the last Jedi, so that we, we did hear something though. I believe we heard something from from Kylo Ren. Oh, I guess that maybe was not the last Jedi though. What I, what did we sure. hear? Uh, well, we heard stuff from Ray to Finn, and but that was the Force Awakens. So you're right on that. Oh, did we? What did we? Uh, what did what did we hear Ray say to Finn? It says we'll see each other again. I believe that, and then um, he says, "Show I me." Didn't, I, I didn't even hear that. It's so funny because I was listening so closely. But Kylo says, "Show me, grandfather, and I will finish what you started." Oh, uh, uh, there's a couple other ones, but but I think you're right. Though I don't think we got anything from. No, we didn't get anything from. And that's just production um, timelines, right? Like that's all that is. I just I just really yeah. wish to sort of shut some people up that they could have had a moment in there. Mm-hmm. That, that like of like Luke saying something, right? Yeah. Um, like yeah. like like Luke saying it's time for the Jedi to end or something like that. That could have been really cool. But mm-hmm. you know what? I, like I'm just being nitpicky. I didn't even hear that Force Awakens stuff. I'm gonna have to listen to that scene again. Um, yeah, it's super. It's hard to really hear it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, like I said, you got stuff from Luke. You got stuff from Qui Gon. I think yeah. we probably, probably heard that. Of course, you heard Obi Wan. Uh, Kanan. We hear we hear Obi Wan. We hear both Stephen Stanton's Obi Wan and Alakinus's Obi Wan. Oh, yeah. One right yeah. after the other, which I think I, for Stephen Stanton, it's like feather in your cap, man, because I could tell the difference. Don't get me wrong, but when you hear them side by side like that, it's like he did such a good job. He did such a good job of the Alakinus Obi Wan, mm-hmm. and everybody knows James Arnold Taylor is my Obi Wan forever, but. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen Stanton does such a great job with that Alec Guinness version in Star Wars Rebels. He's he's so good at it. Yeah. Well, each of these quotes too, they're they're kind of <laughs> all dealing with the Force yeah. and like their relationship to it. 
So uh, that's kind of one of the through points you see on all these quotes. And it, again, like it's hard, so hard, Mark, because a lot of lines are jumbled together and some step on each other as they're like overlapping dialogue. So it's really hard to yeah. to uh, to make it out. But that was really cool to see that. But um, I don't know. Let's let's get to it. Through the door, Ezra sees the duel on Malachor as Darth Vader battles Ahsoka. Uh, he says, what can I do? Um, and Ezra frantically asks the bird. Uh, instinctively, the Padawan reaches for his friend, pulling her through bef- uh, before Vader could deliver a killing blow. So here we go. This is the moment that shocked me. See, obviously, seeing her and seeing what happened that yeah. this world, you can actually change and the future and the past and yeah. whatever. It's time travel. I had a, at first I kind of had like, oh, my gosh, man, this is getting crazy. Like, I didn't know if I like this or not. But. Um, like you said, this was some crazy, surprising storytelling and you, you can't help but just go, wow, this is, you just, you just sit there and just go, wow, what am yeah. I seeing here? So, um, I don't know my thoughts. What are your thoughts, Mike, as far as this, this scene here? <clears throat> um, so I'm going to go ahead and, and call BS on anybody who says that this ruins Star Wars storytelling and, <clears throat> this time travel sort of thing mm-hmm. now creates a loophole in which they can do whatever no. they want. No, I don't think that that is the case. Um, the, the, the convoy is there. Um, the convoy is, I mean, like Ahsoka says it, it, it that, that the convoy is either, <clears throat> no, not Ahsoka. Um, Hayden says that the convoy is either the sister Dawn. Or, or representative of the sister, but maybe the sister itself, the daughter. right? Yeah. Or, sorry, the daughter. Right. Itself. Um, <coughs> sorry. Oh, terrible, terrible podcasting. <coughs> um, I don't believe that Ezra, while he is in here, can affect anything and everything. Um. I think that he is able to the ease with which he finds the moment with Kanan mm-hmm. says to me <clears throat> that these that they while he is in there because he can't control it. Right. Like, I don't I don't think that I don't think that this is an actual physical space. Right. It is mm-hmm. the world between worlds. It is like it's it's a it's we see it as this physical manifestation of, of these pathways and these gates. But. I don't think that it is a literal physical place. It's like a dream, right? Where, you know, uh, a left turn and a right turn and, you know, like you, you know, you're walking through your house, go through one door and then all of a sudden you're at work, right? Like it's that same sort of idea where Ezra sees what he is able to see. Um, And maybe if he was a more powerful Jedi and he was a little bit more wise, but like maybe Yoda could actually um, travel through this and, 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 um, and manipulate it in the way that he wants to, if Yoda could do that, he probably would. Um, Mm -hmm. what this says to me is that Ahsoka's connection to the, the daughter, um, as we've talked about many, many times before, um, that, that somehow gives Ezra the ability to pull her out of, of time in that Mm -hmm. moment. Um, now there's probably a gateway in that Sith temple and maybe back in the day, I personally believe that the, that the, the ancient Jedi 
we're using this gate like this series of gateways this nexus or convergence or whatever you want to call it this is how the jedi used to travel before hyperspace before all of that that like mm-hmm. that that force wielders would come like they could come together and they and that's why there is a jedi an ancient jedi temple on mortis that predates humans or any other civilization being on mortis right that mm-hmm. the jedi were at one point throughout the galaxy <clears throat> on these different planets where these different convergence points are. Um, that's that's total speculation. That's just what I choose to believe right now until I'm told otherwise. But um, there's stuff in like the Knights of the Old Republic games that maybe kind of like, like could link into that sort of idea. Um, but yeah, I... The, the the idea that Ezra could just go into this gateway and just do whatever he wants whenever, I think is 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 again a very literal, a very childish, immature reading of what happens. Ahsoka is meant to survive. The force wills it, and it uses two agents. It uses the daughter and it uses Ezra in order for that to happen. Because Ahsoka is not done yet. Right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah that that is that's why this happens and then kanan is meant to die which is why like it's twofold ahsoka probably still has something to fulfill right Mm -hmm. which i think right right if the force is a meta narrative for the storytellers then that absolutely checks out dave filoni still has stories to tell with that character so like that's yet to come, which means that she had to survive that encounter with with Vader. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Obviously, they could have written it differently or whatever, but they did. Like he set all of this up in season one and two. Like it's <coughs> yeah. Sorry, right. there's yeah. nothing contrived about this. If you look at the story that he tells, it's all organic. It just. It was all between the lines. You had to really, really understand where he was going in order to understand what is happening. Um, The other part of that is that Ahsoka needs to be there to tell Ezra, no, you can't. If you pull Kanan out of that moment, Mm -hmm. then you and Hera and Sabine, then you all die. Right. Right? Like, is Zeb there too? I think Zeb's there too. No, he's not there. No, no. Right? Like, the, uh, uh, Mart, I think, is there as well. Um, yeah, like, if if they don't... If Kanan doesn't sacrifice himself in that way, in that exact moment, because he pushes them away, right? He pushes the gunship away from the explosion. Right, he uses if, the force, yeah. If Ezra right. pulled Kanan out of that moment, yeah, Hera, Sabine, and Mart would all die. Ezra wouldn't because he would simultaneously die, but also be in the, the nexus. And so like, you know, like, like, I don't know. There's a, there, you create a paradox, right? But <clears throat> that's what time travel yeah. kind of starts to break down, but it doesn't matter because it's not time travel because it's not, we're not talking about a back to the future. I can go back, change the past, and then it's going to change the future. What happens in Star Wars always happens. It's always meant to happen. Always in motion is the future, as Yoda says, right? But but like I've talked about before, 
it's that idea that like the future is in motion until it happens. And then once it's the present, it solidifies and it stops moving and it becomes the past. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's almost like a zipper being zipped. If that, that, that sort of imagery makes sense. Right. It's like, it's these, like the zipper is just kind of out there and it's in these pieces, but as it zips, it's kind of, kind of connects and then it is what it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's that same idea. Um, but Ahsoka was always meant to live. She was always meant to live. The, mm-hmm. Like there was no version of this story where Ahsoka didn't survive that encounter. Now we know how. Now, now we, we get know back, how. we get to go back in and we get to relive that yeah. three minutes, pull her out of it, and then put her back into the timeline. And mm-hmm. like this is the question. The only question I have is when Ezra puts her back, right when she goes back through the portal. Right. Is that is that moments later on that planet or is that his time? Is that yeah, in present time? Because right. if it's moments later, then why wouldn't Ahsoka show up to help them in all of these other instances? Mm. I don't know that it's even Yeah. If it's even present time with Star Wars Rebels, maybe she's put back in at some point in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever she is going to be of use to the force because Ahsoka, just like Anakin doesn't follow the rules because Anakin was the chosen one. Ahsoka is imbued with the essence of the daughter that like, that is a fact at this point. Like it's academic. If anybody wants mm-hmm. to debate this with me, they can line up because I will just tear them down because like, this is, this is absolutely fact at this point. I mean, like, yeah, like there's no, you can't convince me otherwise that, that she is not directly connected to the daughter and therefore exempt from the quote unquote rules, right? Mm-hmm. Like she exists outside of the <clears throat> sort of mortal restrictions of the star Wars universe. You can be mad about that if you want to, but it doesn't matter because that's the story that Dave Filoni is telling. And mm-hmm. I think that it's awesome. And I'm wearing my Ahsoka Lives t-shirt right now because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, hell yes, Ahsoka Lives. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it, yeah. It's I, it's cut and dry to me. But I don't know. Yeah, it was to me too. I mean, it was – like I said, it was a shock. Um, and at first, I believe, for Star Wars where we actually get to go back and see what happened to Ahsoka. Um so, you yeah. know, when she chose to stay on Malachor to fight Vader, Malachor, I, I went back to watch. Yeah, Malachor. Yeah, I went back to see that. And it does. That particular Twilight of the Apprentice ends <clears throat> with them kind of they start to fight again, but then it cuts away. And then we get to see later on, you know, Vader walking out. And then that image of Ahsoka is like, wait a minute, what? So that's where we got obviously all the questions. Is she alive or was that a force ghost or what was going on? Of course, now we got the answer to what really happened. We get to see what happened. You know, he actually goes in and grabs her before he strike Vader strikes down. He apparently thinks that she died in the collapse, I'm assuming, or something like that, because yeah. he pretty much thinks she's gone. So, um, wow. But just, I mean, you talk about opening a can of worms uh, as far as what this means for the force and all that. Holy crap. Did they do that? And I, I know online, a lot of people have been talking about it as much as they can. Cause they're trying to be spoiler free, but it doesn't, you know, there's a, there's a few people already talking about it, but I have a, 
I have kind of a response to that, and we'll get to it when we when we get towards the end here. Um, we'll skip to uh, outside the temple. Uh, Hayden he or Hayden continues to speak with Sabine. Uh, together, they realize the sun's hand must close the portal. And like you said earlier, Mike, there was a great. Also, the Sidious knows at this point. The Emperor knows that that Ezra has done. You know, he's gone in this into this world. Yeah. So he's aware of it. He's on his way. Uh, but but you mentioned like the banter with Sabine and and Hyde and it was fantastic because at one point it's almost like they were learning off of each other uh as far as the yeah. art and the painting and the and the and the mural there and the yeah, mortis. They're, they're using yeah. each other right because Hyden thinks yeah. that he's sort of manipulating Sabine and he's like he's physically threatened her right and so she, that's why right. she's in but she's actually just trying to figure out like whatever yeah. she can. How do I get Ezra out of there? How do I stop the Imperials from using it? and like and and uh Hayden gives Sabine the answer, right? I mean like he yeah. he tells she her and, yeah. that yeah. that the that the the sun closes the gate, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I don't think that he could have possibly understood. I don't think any of them understood at the time what that meant, but yeah. Yeah, Sabine, like you said, she ends up learning the crucial fact that will save Ezra from uh, from danger. So, yeah, um, yeah it's great. Again, Malcolm McDowell and and that whole just I was I was loving every part of those two as far as their back and forth and like you oh, said, right. learning from each other. Uh, so Ezra and Ahsoka they awaken. Uh, Ahsoka is shocked and confused, but Ezra explains what happened and what led him. To the temple. Together they walk, and Ahsoka, Ahsoka suggests that Kanan's will is at work through the uh, loath wolf called uh, Doom. Check this out. This place is ancient, like a world between worlds. Yeah. It feels like that dream where I met Doom. The creature named Doom, it appeared after Kanan died. That has to be more than a coincidence. I know. Caleb Doom? A wolf named Doom? What does it mean? Perhaps Kanan's will is still at work through the wolf. How could that be? Well, Kanan is part of the cosmic force now. There are ways those who have passed on may still guide or influence the living. It's not impossible. But if it was Kanan who sent me here, then... What is it? I thought I was sent here to stop the Empire, but then I found you. Don't you see? You think that Kanan sent you here to help me? Not just you. I can do it. I can save Kanan just like I saved you. Ezra. Ezra, wait! So, Mike, we've always obviously talked a lot about Kanan and and the Loth Wolves and the connection there. And I think this is a fan. I was, I love this explanation here about. And, and sometimes I forget, you know, the Force. Ezra or uh, uh, Ahsoka says that Kanan is now part of the cosmic force. And to me, it, it I think of it as like he obviously hasn't. Um, gain the knowledge of a, of a Yoda yet or what Yoda will do and Obi-Wan and as far as the force goes to be able to, to be right there and talk to you. But through, like she says, they still have guidance or influence in the living things. Um, so 
that's a totally great, perfect explanation for me. I'm like, okay, I'm on board with this. Now I totally understand it. And sometimes it takes me a couple episodes where I'm like, oh, I don't know about the wolves and what does it mean? I don't know if I get it. But this kind of makes it a little more clear of what they're trying to say as far as what the, at least at this point, what the loath wolves and what that one giant one is kind of almost Canaan, even though that's not him, he's not a wolf. I don't, I don't think it's just the force is kind of with, he's kind of using the force through the, the loath wolf. I don't know. Is, is this make anything clear for you or did you, we were already on board with this. I, th- I think that this is actually uh, a, a like Ahsoka explains what I explained last week. <laughs> yeah. So to me, yeah. it's like that's uh, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, ideologically, it is exactly the same thing as what I was saying. Um, Kanan is still so the 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 distinction she's making is between the cosmic force and the living force, right? The living force is what Obi-Wan describes that the energy field created by all living things that, you know, surrounds us and penetrates us and binds the galaxy together. Then there's also the cosmic force, which is, um, what things like, like the, this nexus and mortis and, um, some of the things that, that Palpatine talks about, in Revenge of the Sith, it's like, and and Yoda talks about, like, that's the cosmic force. It's not just, like, that's where, like, visions of the future and, and stuff like that come from, is on that larger scale. And when you, when you die, your living force returns back into the cosmic force, right? Mm-hmm. Yoda and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, to a certain degree, have been able to retain their consciousness in the cosmic force and then manipulate the living force to appear to others. Right. Mm -hmm. So like that is, that's my understanding of it. Kanan doesn't have that training, but as I said before, because of Lothal, because of this, this nexus, I mean like there must be an incredible amount of force energy. And it's like those, all those, the circles, the, and, and the lines and everything in the, in the artwork, the, the tablet Mm -hmm. and in the, in the, the mural and everything. Um, it's exactly what I said it was. They're basically star maps. Right. And I mean like they, I guarantee you that they connect up to the pathways, um, that one would travel inside that nexus inside the world between worlds. I know I said, it's not a physical place, but, but, if you it, like look, those maps are not easy to understand, right? But, but, um, that's the idea. There is that the, is that those are these visual this visual representation of this ideology that you can travel from place to place. So to me, like that is that is proof enough that Lothal is an important place to the Force. Um, just like Malachor is, if it has a gate as well. And mm-hmm. and um, there's some expanded universe that, that points to the idea that that um, Coruscant might have one of the, like, like would, would potentially have one of these as well because there's uh, the idea that there is a Sith temple buried way beneath the surface of the Jedi temple. Right. I mean, like, I can't remember what that's from, but it's, it's, I think it might actually be from the revenge of the Sith novelization, either that, or maybe it's, um, the Vader novel that, which is the sequel to, 
that I think they're both Matthew Stover, right? Mm-hmm. I I remember like it's there are only a handful of Star Wars novels that I've read or listened to audiobooks of, and those are like that's there. So it's I think it's in one of those two. But there's an idea that like the reason why Palpatine takes the Jedi Temple as his palace is one because it's sort of like gloating over the Jedi. But the other part is that it is actually like the Jedi put the temple there in order to protect the galaxy from this darkness underneath. Right. So Palpatine's sort of like reclaiming that dark place. Um, Yeah. So so. Kanan, all of that to say that Kanan, I think, is tapping into or is able to for a certain amount of time until what the force needs him to accomplish is accomplished. He, he can communicate through the force. So to, to Ezra, that means coming to him as a loath wolf because Ezra has this connection to animals and, and the, especially animals that are connected to the force. And then he's also able to, I believe that when he puts his, his hand on Hera's shoulder, that that is Kanan, that he is there in that Mm. moment. Oh, okay. All right. I don't think that that's just like a metaphor or something like that. I think that's a very literal moment. I don't think that Hera or Zeb are able to see him because they're not Jedi. They're not trained. But I do think that that actually happens, that Kanan yeah. is actually there. And that he's there basically to to calm Hera and say, everything's going to be okay. Like, I have right, taken right. care of this. And because he's part of the cosmic force, now he understands, right? He can kind of see everything clearly. That moment mm-hmm. where his sight comes back, that to me is like him joining the cosmic force. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. as far as we know, there's no body, which says to me that like that Kanan potentially like rejoined the force, not just that he died. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, like we said earlier, uh, even the emperor obviously recognizes a strong, um, yeah. Presence or, or you know connection from with Lothal and Kanan, so he even pointed out earlier. So something very large happened with Kanan. Yeah, yeah. Palpatine confirms that. So yeah. So Ezra, Ezra thinks, um, which is kind of this is kind of an important point too. Ezra thinks he was sent to save Ahsoka yeah. and Kanan. So this prospect would continue to excites Ezra, and he runs off to another <sighs> portal, thinking that he wasn't just sent here to save Ahsoka, but Kanan as well. Ahsoka implores him to think if he saves his master, all of his friends will die. Uh, I'm asking you to let go, she says, and he does. Kanan found the moment when he was needed most and made his sacrifice. This uh, That was his last lesson. So that's exactly what I had um, written down as far as my, my notes is, is, again, Ezra is rushed to – man, I, I'm in this world where I can save everybody is like, I'll yeah. save her and I'm going to go save Kanan and not realizing, wait a minute. Like you said earlier, Mike, he saves him. Everybody dies. So you can't do that. Yeah. You can't rob Kanan of his, you know, this was the Kanan. Like, like you said, Kanan found his moment that he was needed the most and had to make the sacrifice. That was a lesson. Uh, that's when he was needed the most. And I think this is huge foreshadowing for what is going to happen to Ezra. This is the lesson he we kept hearing this about one last lesson. I think this is the lesson is sometimes you need to find out when you're needed the most and make the sacrifice. Um so again, I think this again, huge foreshadowing for me. I think this is where Ezra's heading. He's going to have to make a huge sacrifice. Uh, I'm not sure what it is yet, but I think it's obviously I think it's coming in the next episode. So, um pretty Pretty amazing and powerful stuff there. Uh, I thought that was a great scene with with that him and him and Ahsoka talking about it. And she's 
she's asking him, hey, you need to let go. And he finally lets go. Um, we kind of jump around, Mike. Uh, the emperor yeah. appearing in a door has found them. So the emperor is there. Um, he's through the portal uh, and he's going after him. We get some force. Uh, I don't know if it's lightning or fire or what the heck is some kind of potion that he's, you know, you can see him almost like he's over like a kettle or a pot or something. Um, yeah. And, very, very night sister esque. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. I was trying to think of like, what did I say that before? Exactly. And you know, it, it of, also reminded me a lot of, of um, when Yoda is on uh, Moraban in, uh, mm-hmm. in the clone wars yeah. and, and Darth Bane and sort of all the connection to that. It, yeah. Yeah. So I, or they call it a fiery energy. So it's this fiery energy. Uh, obviously the Jedi can't hold it. You know, here's uh, Ahsoka's trying to use the force to hold it off. Ezra's doing what he can. Uh, yeah. Finally, Ahsoka comes in and uses her lightsaber to kind of slice through it. Uh, they end up running down the hall and then Ahsoka returns to her door yeah. and Ezra returns to his. Now, this is the thing with with Ahsoka. She runs through her door, ends up on Malachor, and we yeah. see the triangle door again. So now the question is, like I think you actually posed it earlier, where, where are we at with Ahsoka now? Do we see her again in this series or do we see her again down the line somewhere else? I think... Either one is possible, uh, but I definitely think I definitely think she is back. And yeah, even even uh, Ashley Eckstein, Eckstein thinks that uh, I can't wait to see where they take Ahsoka next. So I think I think she's back, Mike. I mean, what do you think? Oh yeah, she's back. Yeah, she's back. Yeah. We're gonna see Ahsoka again. Yeah, and I think probably sooner rather than later. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, she didn't survive I'm, I'm the Clone that. Wars and Star Wars Rebels for nothing. She'll be in the next one. Yeah, she's kind of Dave's signature at this point, right? Like that—that that is, that's his baby. That's I, his baby. I, and I think, I think at 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 this stage in the game, for Dave to start whatever the next show is without immediately revealing to us how Ahsoka is connected to it is disingenuous. Yeah. Because whatever mm-hmm. he does next, whether it's Resistance or something else, yeah, it's like everybody's just going to be watching it, going like, "And when does Ahsoka show up?" <laughs> right because like that's just kind of the way that it's structured now at this point so yeah and probably and probably if she does um she'll do like she's done in rebels and just you know kind of show up here and there to to help out probably so. um yeah so uh but anyway ezra he makes it through uh before the rebels leave they have to seal the portal ezra activates the sun and the temple collapses as the ghost crew escapes uh, we see the temple kind of start to blow up and then uh, Hayden kind of falls into the uh, into the explosion. So he's gone. Yeah. But later, Ezra wakes to find the rebels. By the way, that whole thing with him using the force to kind of touch the son's hand and open it uh, kind of knocks him out. Uh, he tells Ezra that he knows that uh, what they have to do now in the distance. Doom appears, stopping for a moment before walking to to. Uh, Walking into the haze. Check this out. Beautiful moment here. If this is what you and Kanan used to do on your Jedi missions, you could keep it. Where's Hera? She's outside. Ezra, you gotta see. Where are we? The temple. What? Where? I mean, how? 
You tell me. Canaan and I stood here when we first came to the temple. He's gone now, isn't he? I mean, really gone. Yes. I know what we have to do now. In a way, Kenan showed me. One last lesson. So, Mike, uh, like I said, it says here, we see the wolf kind of appear one last time. The temple is gone. Um, and Ezra says, you know, I know what I have to do or I know what we have to do. Kanan showed me um, one last lesson. I think he's obviously he's referring to uh, what Kanan did on top of that. He, he found his purpose. He found out what he had to do. Um, and I think, like I said earlier, I think this is setting up for for Ezra to have to probably do the same thing. Uh, so that's where I'm thinking right now. Uh, and then, and then, just to finish up on the whole this temple and the war between the world between worlds, I know obviously a lot of people are gonna are gonna have some issues with this about changing the force the way they did, um, being able to save somebody through time through this time frame or through a time travel type thing. But I'll have to say they as fast as they opened it. They closed it. Temple's yeah. gone, destroyed. Yeah, it's a moot point now. Um, we got Ahsoka back, and that's all that's going to happen because this potentially is. I mean, can you imagine uh, using it? Like, if the Palpatine got to this and is able to use this, or any other Jedi, or it's just crazy what the potential this thing had. But it was one of those things where they opened it real fast, closed it real fast, and and we're moving on. So, um, but again. These episodes have been killing it for me. Uh, I love what they're doing. Uh, it's making me ask a lot of questions. It's like you said earlier, Mike. It's make it's it's what we wanted. It's new stuff. Yeah. It's challenging us to to think, especially me being an old guy, thinking all <laughs> you know, just the force is just about this and you know, lifting rocks and stuff. Man, this is super challenging to me to dig a little deeper. And uh, so. Not much more I can say, but just they're really killing it. And next week we find out uh, where this all ends up. Any final thoughts before we move on, Mike? No, man. I think that I, I've said everything that yeah. I need to say for this episode. Okay. I think we should get into some other people's opinions in the in the. Yeah, we got a yeah feedback. exactly. Uh, yeah, we got some feedback. So let's uh, check out the mailbag. What message? The Rebels Podcast. Mailbag. The council is asking you. So we asked for it. We asked for you guys' input, and we definitely got it. First one is from Kimberly Ross, a fantastic uh, uh, listener for us and always generous in, in her time and giving us some input. She says, uh, first, can I just say I'm so glad that we're all in this together. So many feels. I'm fresh from watching Wolves in a Door and A World Between Worlds, so I apologize if I'm rambling a bit. It feels, uh, I feel like us Rebels fans are all one huge family right now. And a shout out to all of you. This is an incredible journey to be on, and I'm so thrilled. The community is amazing, and your podcast helps unpack all the emotions, twists, and turns. Thanks for being great guides. Uh, I didn't know um, Kanan and Hera before Rebels, but they've become some of my favorite characters of all fiction. First, may I take a moment to comment on Hera's Kanan's I love you moment. Like you mentioned on the podcast, I believe both wizened 
uh, that they had they'd been able to spend more time together, but that wasn't the way the force pulled <coughs> it. That moment when Kanan had his hand on Harris' shoulder, though, this may be a mini sidebar. However, I lost I've lost someone I loved dearly, and that image kind of hit the nail on the head. It's almost been 20 years, but I still know he's watching over me, and I do kind of feel his arm on my shoulder from time to time. I'm not sure why, but I can tell you for some reason the scene really spoke to me like a lot of uh, this series, I suppose. Uh, jumping to a world between worlds after a whole string of affirmative expletives, what an episode. It made me so it made so much sense to have Ahsoka there with Ezra watching Kanan's death scene again. Again, as much as we wish Kanan didn't have to go through, uh, through it was still hard to watch. But it solidified the point that Kanan's sacrifice had purpose and that he was meant to be in that moment. So, for lack of a better way to say it, the ripples of his actions were the greatest that they could that they could be. It began with the ghost crew's lives, then the fact that the factories on the Lothal had to shut down and is leading somewhere. I can't wait to see precisely where. I apologize for the long post, but thanks for this community and for allowing fans like me to have an amazing space to come together and geek out about an amazing story. Thank you also for being as on board with Hera and Kane in a relationship as I am. We're definitely on board there. I look forward to the final episodes and hope you all are freaking out as much as I am. Rebel Scum Forever. Yes, Kim, we are freaking out, as you probably heard these yep. last couple episodes. Um, I don't know. You know, it's 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 uh, again, she talks about being a family. We are a family. This community is so great. Mike, you've talked about it. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Um, kind of communicating with us, especially me. I'm not an expert on this. I'm just a fan watching this like you guys are. Uh, luckily, I got a chance to have a voice in it in this podcast and to talk about it. But I I welcome all this information you guys send in because I sometimes I need help in figuring this stuff out as well. So that's, And that's why Mike is here as well to help me out. <laughs> um, but she talks about Kanan's I love you moment. We talked about that great moment. Um and she goes on to talk about some of the stuff that happens in a world between worlds. Uh, Kanan's death scene, a uh, very powerful moment. And we get to see it again here and how much Kanan means to not only this story, but Lothal and the secrets and the, the mystery of Lothal as well. So a lot of stuff to, that she's talking about. Anything that jumps out to you, Mike, as far as uh, Kim's post? No, yeah, I think Kim just kind of hits it all. I mean, a lot of stuff that we've been talking about right? both last yeah. week and this week. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, the, this is one of the great things about Star Wars. And this is why, like, look, <clears throat> just because a Star Wars story doesn't have the thing that you wanted to have in it doesn't mean that it isn't somebody else's most yeah. important moment. So. Yeah. For all the people who are like, Star Wars Rebels is stupid, all this stuff is stupid, doors and wolves and junk, I don't like any of it. Um, <clears throat> what Kim just talked about, this connection to to this real uh, event yeah. in her life. Yeah, powerful moment there, yeah. That yeah. to me is like... That's why we do it. Like that's 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 why we are fans of something like Star Wars or <clears throat> I I Harry Potter or you know Doctor Who or what uh, Superman whatever you want to be a fan of. Like those are the moments we're looking for. Those moments of human connection, right? And like that's what we're that's what we're about. We want that community. We want that feeling. So I'm I'm really glad, uh, Kim, that that, that you share that with us. 
um, mm-hmm. that that really means a lot to us. Uh, and it, you know, on the days where I clearly have a cold, uh, getting through this is tough, uh, both for me and for you guys listening to me hack and cough. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to not be part of the conversation. Yeah. I can't not be a part. Like, like I have to get in there. And I have mm-hmm. to talk about this stuff with you guys because um, it is just like the community that we've built is just so important to me. So, um, yeah, and and to get a to get a message like this, it just hits that home. So, thank you for sending that in. Yeah, definitely some great great stuff. <clears throat> and we're not going anywhere, right? Rebels might be coming no. to a close, but whatever is next, we're right there, and we got stuff planned. We have some stuff planned, and I'll, we're actually get we'll announce it next week at the end of the episode. Um, what we're going to be doing next after Star Wars Rebels is over. So, yeah, yeah. Stay uh, tuned for that next week. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, one more, one more um, email before we go. It's from Bob Balicki. Says, "Hey guys, great show as always. Just <clears throat> finished, uh, just finished watching Wolves, and Adore, and World Between Worlds. Great episode. Although at times more questions are left than answers. My biggest fear with the series, as things draw to an end, is that we will run out of time before the storylines can be wrapped up satisfactorily. This may sound strange to say, but I found myself thinking this is the time to reveal and to pay off and not to leave mysteries on the table. The Mortis family, uh, the Mortis family deserve to have deeper explanation of their symbiology, um, what they represent and what they mean to the Force and to the crew of Rebels. I miss this story not having been able to catch Clone Wars personally and now having a little context to go on, I was a little mystified as to their importance. I also thought it was a little weird having Ezra defer so much to Sabine for help in this episode. I know about her penchant for art, but this is a time Ezra should be standing on his own two feet. I'll have to admit, there were a few moments when I thought that Ezra was going to turn into Marty McFly and go back to the future. This could have been a clean and interesting, albeit unsatisfying way to write off his character. Needless to say, Stakes are high now. A lot. I mean, a lot is riding on these last episodes. Ezra knows what he needs to do now. Could he follow Kanan's lead and take the path of self-sacrifice? Could seeing Kanan and Ahsoka commit selfless acts in their visions inspire Ezra to do the same? We shall see. This has been a thrill ride of his second half of a season. And I know you both will miss Rebels as much as I will. I just want an ending worthy of these great characters. I have a feeling that it that we will get it. Thanks again, guys, and may the force be with you. So uh, he starts off talking about some, some of the things that I also yeah. thought, like, wow, I mean, are we going to be able to wrap this up? I mean, this is some crazy stuff, and, and we only have, you know, two episodes to kind of wrap all this up. But I think seeing some of the some of the previews, I think they're, they know what's going on. I mean, Dave Filoni has said, and we know Dave Filoni has had the time this is not like Clone Wars where it just got pulled away from him. He's got everything planned out. I mean, the sketch cards, I, we didn't mention this, but the sketch cards that were done years ago showed Ahsoka with the wolves, with the wolf door and everything. So this yeah. has been planned out. This has been planned out. So I don't think we're in any, any trouble there as far as um, uh, clearing things up. Now, he talks about the Mortis family. And again, I don't have all the answers. I, I think it is left. Some of the stuff is left to your own you know your own theories your own thoughts because there is questions there's still questions about that about the borders and what they mean um and i think that's done on purpose uh we got a lot of questions answered here yeah. i think especially with the with the world between worlds 
So um, hopefully that uh, answers look, some of your questions. What do you think? Here's the thing, Bob. I'm gonna we're gonna agree to disagree on this one because um, you got to go back and you got to watch the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you haven't watched the Clone Wars if you've watched all of Star Wars Rebels, but you got to go back and you got to watch the Clone Wars, especially this arc. I mean, there are things in the Clone Wars that will illuminate so many other aspects of the Force and the Jedi that I just don't know why you wouldn't have gone back and watched the Clone Wars. Just go back and do it. Just, I mean, like, it's on Netflix. Just start. Just watch them one at a time. Like, don't think about it as a six-season monolith. Just think about it as one episode at a time. And you go back and you just watch one episode at a time. Now, maybe Matt and I are going to help you guys in that respect or at least getting started on that. And, you know, again, we'll talk about that next week. But, you like, go back and watch The Clone Wars. Why haven't you watched The Clone Wars, Bob? Why? <laughs> Why? Hey, I'm, I'm you, mad at you now. I'm getting fired up again. Go back well, you know and what? watch The Clone Wars. You want to understand what they're talking about with Mortis? It didn't get explained in this episode because for those of us who watched The Clone Wars, it didn't need explanation. End of story. End of conversation. So, like, go back, watch that. You'll understand. Yeah, and you got the Frontlines podcast to to help you kind of like we do here. Watch some Clone Wars, then listen to us, and and hopefully we can help you um, kind of navigate some of those episodes. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, he also talks about. um, I think we obviously talked about this. Uh, he talks about Ezra and knowing what he needs to do and could he follow Kanan's yeah. lead. And I think, like I said earlier, that's where my – if I was a betting man, that's where I'm going right now. It's is Ezra is going to be – have to do something huge and he's going to realize his, his purpose and his one last lesson. So that's where I'm going with this. Um, if they if it doesn't happen, it's going to be a shock to me. Um, but we'll see what happens, man. It's uh, it's next week. We're, we're right there. Um, that I guess that leads us into uh, coming next week, Mike. Uh, our last, uh, this is it folks. It's, it's finishing up. We have a fool's hope and, uh, family reunion and farewell. And, uh, actually, you know what? Let's listen to a quick little preview of what was coming up next week. You chose to be a Jedi, but for all those abilities, all the power, the Jedi lack just received a transmission from Chopa. They're under attack. Ezra, please! Get out of there! The Force will be with you. Always. And we know what's coming, Mike. We know, I'm sure, Thrawn's coming back. We know we're going to get Palpatine. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, we're getting Ezra. Uh, we see yeah. him light up. <laughs> you know, we're getting the Loth Wolves. Uh, man, I can't wait for next week. This is going to be something special. I think. I think we're we're setting up for something really special. I can't wait to see it. Um, any any uh, any predictions for next week, Mike? You know, no. I mean, I, yeah, that's that's exactly it. I mean, I think it's going to be something special next week. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to it. But until then, uh, that's going to do it for this week. Yep. Mike, that up. is that you made is it, it, you made it through. Week. I made it you through. Made it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening, uh, especially to this episode, suffering through with me. I know you've had to do it before. You'll have to do it again, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I, but I, I, 
you guys can stay up to date, up to date with all the latest uh, Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebel po- rebels podcast and on Twitter at rebels podcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and you can follow Matt at the Crankster. That is Crankster with a K. Um, you guys know that we're part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in our network. And, of course, if you want to support us, you can do that a couple of ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. Somebody just bought a Kanan t-shirt, so high five to that person, whoever they are. Um, let me know. Uh, I yeah. Tweet us or something like that. Let us know. When you get that shirt, send us a pic or something. Uh, <clears throat> the other way is to go to patreon.com slash thunderquack. And to chip in your support there, you get early access to podcasts, uh, you get the exclusive Thunderquack podcast, you get um, the exclusive Facebook group, all sorts of other cool stuff at other tiers. Um, it's up to you. you. Go in there, support us. Every dollar helps, even a single dollar. If everybody listening to this right now went and supported us at $1 for the next month, it would be huge. Like that, would, Even just for one month, that would be awesome because then we go buy some new equipment and get some new stuff matt bought a new mic recently and you know like maybe we should reimburse yes. him for that or something you yeah, know like it's no, all good, <clears throat> it's all good. Um, <laughs> i need it but better equipment better better more more money means more resources we don't like nobody takes a paycheck uh the money that that you guys support us with it literally goes to pay for hosting and uh urls and whatever other sort of like needs that we might have so um, yeah, I, I, it's all like, it's, it's, it's basically like a charity donation, but I don't think you get a tax receipt cause we're not at a charity. So, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> not, I'm not lining my pockets <clears throat> with Patreon money. I can rest, you can rest assured of that. Um, it's just keeping us from having to pay for everything ourselves. So everybody who does support us over there, we super appreciate it. It's awesome. Uh, that's, uh, patreon.com slash thunderquack store.thunderquack.com supports us as well thank you to everybody who's been listening we will be back next week for our final episode of uh, uh, Rebels uh, really like kind of like our final episode of the Rebels podcast even though we're continuing as Rebel Cells but uh, I, this chapter is coming to a close next week with a fool's hope and family reunion and farewell so Thank you guys for listening. We will catch you next week. See you next week.